When you stop expecting people to be perfect, you can like them for who they are. Donald Miller Bending Not Breaking A Patreon Exclusive back with another patreon exclusive we're so back oh i love these it's been a minute it's been a little bit we're gonna drop a couple of these over the next few months but we're gonna be we're gonna be better we're gonna be more organized that's our goal these are gonna come out the first of the month that's our goal on you know every time that's right that's the plan max but this is a max's choice episode max's choice it's a max's choice episode you sound a lot like jack black yeah well he was not in a league of their own, which is what we're talking about today. But Max, how you doing, bud? I'm doing well. How are you fellows doing? Oh, just lovely. You got to pick this episode. You got to pick what we're watching. It was my choice. It was your choice. And what, what did you choose? What did you choose? We already have announced that. Yeah, say it again. Not say it again, but a league of their own. Say it again. Say say it again is it? say anything is a movie. Is Say It Again a movie? It, it. Again. <laughs> it Part 2, It Again. No, we're talking about A League of Their Own. The Zac Efron movie? What? Is that a Zac Efron movie? Oh, no, that's 17 again. A League of Their Own is a, 17 again? <laughs> a League of Their Own. Gina Davis. Gina Davis. Penny Marshall Helms. I can't name anybody else. Oh, Tom Hanks. I know who Tom Hanks. Gary Marshall's in it. I don't know who that is. Lori Petty. John Lovitz. I don't know who that is either. Great. Ben Pruitt did a great job. Yeah, a lot of notes for this guy. I don't like the people. Ugh. It's... What do you What do you think? Is This is the, not the first time you've seen it, Ben. No, this is the first time I've seen it. Is it really? Sports! Wow! What do yeah. you, you think? First time watching what people consider, and, and Max can confirm, is classic baseball watching. Like, if you have to watch a baseball movie, A League of Their Own is typically thrown out there as one that you should watch. It's not not problematic. Well, there... It's, it's a period a, piece. It's a period piece, and the period is problematic. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> sure is. <laughs> there also are some problematic things just because uh-huh. it was also created uh, in the early 90s. Yeah, well, here's the deal. Like, we're, there's no way we're going to be able to talk about all the problems, so we're going to focus on the lens, and that's how we're going to do this. We're going to really focus on the lens here. <laughs> My expectations for movies that came out in the early 90s is, is I expect them to be problematic sometimes. Oh, yeah. I... Uh... I didn't. I just don't think I realized it, and then I was just kind of shocked by a few scenes. So you know, it is what it is. I, again, I think it's somewhat intentional that it is problematic. Mm, mm-hmm, 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 it's mm-hmm. a period piece. Mm, mm-hmm. Is that like similar to when someone's like, when you're like, my grandparents are racist, and someone's like, yeah, well, they're just a product of their time. Yep. And you're like, well, where have they been the last twenty years? Yeah, that feels pretty similar, right? Like they. <laughs> <laughs> they had the opportunity. To, they, I was also a part of the last 20 years. It feels like they also had a chance to learn things over the last 20 years. Yeah. All the movies can't learn, to be fair. Sure. That's what I'm saying. It was made in the 90s. So here's here's it's problematic content because it takes place in the 40s. Okay. Mm-hmm. There are problematic aspects of it because it was made in the early 90s. Yep, yep, yep. And let's hope people have learned a lot since then. Let's just hope. We'll talk about some of those things. And maybe talk about things. But before we do any of that, 
Max has got to give us a recap. I love Max's choice episodes it's because a, Max does the recap. It's an informed recap. It, yeah, that is different. But, but since since we are making him do an entire movie this time, you're giving him a minute. Instead? He gets a full minute, Ugh. a full minute to do the recap. Max, have you I, mentally I'm prepared f- for I'm this? I'm fine with 30 seconds. Well, let's do it. Let's see if you, you can knock it out. You want to do 30 Cause, seconds? Because in the past, you've really not gotten into the and maybe like, he doesn't past want to re- the opening That's the thing is he doesn't want to vamp for a whole minute. <laughs> he only wants to vamp for 30 seconds. Yes. <laughs> 30 seconds on the clock. A league of their own. But like, actually get some of the plot, because I forgot it. Jim Dugan's a man on a mission. And go. Harvey Clark is a man on a mission. (laughs) It is the 1940s, and America is at war. Major League Baseball has been postponed as all able-bodied men are needed overseas. That means it's time for Harvey Clark, who's known for the Clark Bar, to create an all-American professional girls women's baseball league, or something like that. Ten seconds. Zoom in on the Henson (laughs) sisters, Dottie and Kit. There's a man... Played by John Lovett, whose name I've forgotten, two, who scouts them one. in Oregon. Right. So we got about five minutes into the movie. I did a great job. That's most of what you need to know. You're supposed to recap the whole movie. Yeah, you're supposed to tell us what happened. we're not going to recap it. So you're supposed to cover the whole thing. If you haven't seen A League of Their Own, that's your own problem, patrons. I, well, <laughs> seems a little aggressive. Um, <laughs> we love you, patrons. Max may not, but we love you. All right, our lens is what? We've kind of hit it. We've touched on it. Did we? I made claims to it. We're talking about expectations today. They're making me wait. What? What? Huh? Go ahead. Expectations today. Max, what is an expectation? It's like what you are thinking is going to happen. What are you thinking is going to happen? It's like I expect this, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. I love it when people use the definition. Well, the, the first time I tried it, I didn't use the word in the definition, yeah. and then I and then, you then I used it in a sentence. Let's you know? pause for a second. I is expected. That, is, how's everyone doing today? Because tensions in the studio <laughs> right now seem a little, little taut, little little tight. Well, Could be cut by a knife. I'm just a little nervous that Ben Pruitt's gonna poop on this movie. Sports, a movie that you deeply love. Uh, look, Are you worried that it, like full it, disclosure, y'all? There was a different movie that I chose first that we then realized isn't available streaming anywhere. And it was a different baseball movie. And then this was like the other baseball movie that I was like, okay, fine, we'll do this one. So calling it my deep love isn't quite fair. Don't I do... you love this movie? See, deep love versus love. What are your expectations and the differences between those two uh, glossoramic words? What? I just expect, <laughs> I think you have a, a deep love for both of those movies. You you do quote it. I think often. you would have picked two baseball a movies. A lot of people quote this. This movie has iconic quotes in it. Name one. Yeah, I don't know if I remember. Are you kidding me? I don't know if I know any. Are you kidding me? There's no crying in baseball? I've heard you say that before. There's no crying in baseball? It's supposed to be hard. If it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. The hard is what makes it great. Mm, I remember that too. Wasn't that Gina Davis? Both of those are Jimmy Dugan quotes. Oh. Well, you can tell how much I pay attention. You see, what happens is the train moves, the station doesn't. I don't. I didn't. I don't think I got that one exactly right, but that was the John Lovitz character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. This mo- like when you think of sports movie quotes, there's no if, crying in baseball. If you're gonna get one. a montage, you're gonna get the no crying in baseball. Correct. Quote every time. Yeah, that's fair. Sports. You've played sports, Ben. You can't just like. It's not like you don't enjoy sports. 
Yeah, I just don't enjoy watching. Sports. I'll also say the other movie that I was my first choice, nobody quotes ever, except, except for me. For, well, <laughs> us, yes, correct. Ugh, well, expectations. Yeah, I, I think expectations are interesting. They speak Spanish in Venezuela. Is that this movie? No. No. That's the other movie. <laughs> the other oh. movie. Well, there's your hint, y'all. Maybe we'll get to that one if it comes back to streaming. If anybody, somebody, patrons, tweet at me, at Max Gongaware, if you were able to identify my first choice baseball movie based off of they speak Spanish in Venezuela, please tweet me. I may very well fall in love with you. So, Fair, fair warning. Fair warning. <laughs> yeah. So. Like you could Google they speak Spanish in Venezuela. And you would never come up with that movie, I don't think. Are you think. sure? I'm not sure, but I feel like Google will just be like, yes, you're right. That is a fact. I can, I, I, it comes up for me, but I also wonder if that's part of my cookies. and <laughs> Cookies. I like cookies. My internet cookies. Sugar. Cookies? I like baking. Baking's more Sugar, my than butter, baseball. flour. Sugar. And Sarah Bareilles. Yeah. Butter, flour. All right, what was the question? Expectations is what we're talking about. It's one of my favorite movies. Ethan Hawke, uh, Robert De Niro, Gwyneth Paltrow, Great Expectations. Beautiful, beautiful movie. Made me cry. I heard it was a book, too. It sure was. <laughs> but, so, I, but I got into it because of the movie. All right, expectations. Uh, a strong belief that something will happen or be the cause in the future. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or the, be the case in the future, sorry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A belief that someone will or should achieve something and you know how ben feels about the word should yeah don't love it or one's prospects of inheritance my expectations interesting i don't know if i've ever used it in that context isn't the book and movie title based off of that Great expectations no maybe maybe it's both mm, i think it's probably meant to be a lot of different things yo good authors love a entendre mm, especially a multiple entendre yeah double Triple, quadruple. <laughs> What's the difference between one entendre and two entendres? A hundred percent. An S. And great. All right. Let's. So let's. Uh, let's... <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? What's the difference between one and two? Well, because people say that's a double entendre, and I'm not even sure I know what an entendre is. It's like a. It's like a rot. It's like a set of stairs that rotates upwards. <laughs> right. <laughs> Okay, instead so, of spiraling downwards, let's uh, let's figure out the next step in this episode. That's a rotunda. Yeah, the next. Ex- <laughs> I get it. Yes, my expectation right. <laughs> right now is that we move on. That's what I'm. That's my expectation. We're only ten minutes and forty three seconds in, though. Oh ben my wants, ben god! Ben wants the sports movie <laughs> to go we as quickly as go possible. faster. Goodness! This is what the patrons are paying for. Is this? It's witty banter. Max is it, Max Gongaware finally getting his chance to just talk to and divert. Yes. Us from... This is what they wanted. This is what y'all are paying for. You're very welcome. <laughs> Everybody knows all the patrons' favorite oh. character of the Airbending Bending podcast is... What is this podcast? Bending, not airing. Bend, erring on the side of bending. Berenstein Bears. That would have been, been a good one. Erring on the side of bending? Yeah. Anyway. Moments of expectations in this movie. Who wants to... Who wants to take the first swing at this ah. so speaking of the dugan wait quote, did you get it no the first swing at this oh sports i did a pun so 
There's a you talked about the quote with Dugan that he said about things being hard, right? It's supposed to be hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah if yeah. it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. Oh, the good. hard is what makes it great. Oh, thank you for for giving us that recap that you could have included in your recap. There's a study I didn't have uh, enough time that happened <laughs> where when, when so theoretically when people are expecting things to be challenging, they are more likely to take whatever they're doing on for a longer period of time. They expect the challenge, therefore they're willing and more expecting to work harder. Versus if someone is expecting something to be easy, they are more likely to quit sooner than someone else. Makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. But it's really interesting here because that conversation where Dottie at the end is saying, it's like, I, I didn't sign up for this. It's too hard. It just got too hard. Thank you. It just got too hard. And then he's like, it's supposed to be hard. And so I wonder if... If the... it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. The hard is what makes it great. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know how to finish a thought. I forgot. What? Finish the thought for me. I I can't. I don't know where you Max! are going. <laughs> Sorry. If you're going to quote the movie, please quote it. You're talking about the case that the study that uh, people expect to work as hard as they expect to work and thus they either are willing to work longer or they quit early. It's not even that. It's when you expect to encounter challenges, you are likely to persevere versus if you're not expecting them, you're you're not likely to persevere. You're more likely to quit. And so I, I wonder here is like, because she's always been so good at baseball, right? She's all like, yes, she practices, yes, but she's also always been like the queen of diamonds, right? And so I wonder if... This is her, like, hold on, no, hold on, hold, wait, 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 wait. Can you unpack the Queen of Diamonds metaphor there a little bit more for me? I just want to know if you did something on purpose. He called her the Queen of because Diamonds they because they call, call her, her the, the Queen, Queen of, of Diamonds. Diamonds. Oh, I missed that. I thought that was like a. If you're gonna, uh, you thought he was referring to the diamond test as a baseball me diamond? on yeah. the names of that's, these characters. That's what they say in the movie, Max. Yeah, she's the Queen of Diamonds. They were gonna write a thing on her in Time Magazine or something like that. Uh, Life. Life magazine, sorry. Again, but they called her the Queen of Diamonds. Have y'all seen The Secret Life of Walter Mitty? I have. It's surprisingly pleasant. That movie is so freaking good. <laughs> but, like, surprisingly. Yeah. The remake, right? The Ben Stiller, Kristen yeah. Wiig vehicle, yeah. yes. Yeah. Catches you off guard. I saw that in theaters, like, it's, around Christmas time, and I was like... Delightful. I loved it. Yeah. The Queen of Diamonds and your expectations that you have, and so maybe because she's been so good for so long that she was willing to quit at the first sign of trouble. I, I quit. I'm done. <laughs> you, we know you expect this to happen. I did not expect it to be this challenging. It's supposed to be hard. <laughs> I am done. <laughs> if it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. And there are not a lot of people that are willing to sit at a table with me and Max at the same I'm time. realizing that I so. have less patience than I thought. The hard is what makes it great. <laughs> I can't. I can't do it. I'm like, I can't keep going. Baseball is what lives in you. It gets inside you. Oh, God. This is what I get for letting Max choose. Uh. We knew this was happening. You're, you've, you, and you want to do this more regularly? No. Yeah, I kind of do. <laughs> no. I love what we do. I also find these to be very fun. Gosh. So what's the takeaway, Ben? I don't know. <laughs> the takeaway is to have less expectations because if you expect things, you're going to get heartbroken. That's not even true, but you're saying based off of this idea that when if, I expect, if I'm going to learn guitar and I expect that it is going to be difficult, you're more likely I'm to more persevere. likely to stick with it. Yeah. If I go in and be like, I can play guitar, and then after two weeks I'm like, 
I don't know how to play White Stripes? What are you talking about? It's I supposed quit. to be hard. Right, yeah. Mastering an instrument takes a long time. Well, I think Wait, what but which, to... which White Stripes song would you learn? Seven Nation <laughs> Army. Oh, okay. Is it's, that early, yeah, it's Yeah, early on. At the very beginning. No, what, was, what were you going to say, Ben Pruitt? I don't know. I don't know. I'd work my way to Icky Thump. Uh, no, you've lost me. Because I can't... Na- Seven Nation Army's all I've got when it comes to White Stripes. <laughs> Found in love with a girl? I mean, I have. Anyways... I legitimately do not remember what I was talking about. You're more likely to persevere. I expected more from you. Y'all, it speaks to humility. If you are more humble and you believe something is going to be challenging, you're not egotistical and like, no, I'm the greatest person in the world, then you're more likely to persevere from a humble standpoint than you are to come from it from a egotistical standpoint. Does that also speak to the way that we get challenged and get feedback too? Like if we're humble in those moments, these this idea of having difficult you're conversations. More, well, you're more likely to expect constructive feedback than if you are like, I'm incredible at this. Well, I always think about like conversations about race, right? Like the understanding, like this is going to be a tough conversation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like these are this is going you are going to be challenged. You can expect to not be right. Plan on not being right. Be humble and listen. Those conversations are like you're likely to stick with those conversations, learn something rather than shutting it down and getting defensive and, and quitting the conversation. Yeah, I, I think that if you expect it to be hard, you're more likely to be able to listen effectively. Right. Max, what do you think? I wasn't listening effectively. I'm not surprised. But I, I and I think that's fair, right? So this I love that the takeaway is is humility. How do we how do we practice that? Because if we are expecting things to be difficult, if we are expecting that we can still grow and have that expectation in ourselves, we're more likely to do those things as opposed to mm. not engaging in in difficult situations. Whether it's learning a new thing or jumping into to tough conversations around the real world and humanity, you know, people's experiences. Yeah, yeah. So I that was my first moment that took. 20 minutes to talk about what your what are... first moment was the jimmy dugan it's supposed to be hard if yes. it wasn't i'll that, go to, i'll go to the that front was of the movie late in the movie not my first not the first one we talked about max oh i wrote down several more since we had already previously mentioned that quote i jumped there got it thank you let's talk about the beginning of the movie and talk about john lovitz he's and... the recruiter guy mm-hmm. okay cool, cool cool in the baseball world this is a little inside baseball but they call him a scout. So a recruiter guy. Yeah. Cool. Scout. The Atticus moment, Finch. Yeah. Oh, that's actually where my head was going there. Word I association. Anyways, so you get this moment where he's he meets Marla. Right? We Marla. see Marla trying. To, she's trying out for this team. Yo. And she is crushing she's it. She's crushing it. Can we talk about how Colorado Springs... Or no, Fort Collins, Colorado needs a better PR guy. They made Fort Collins look terrible in that movie. (laughs) It's the 40s. Fair enough, yeah. (laughs) It's just raining and like Marla's dad keeps talking about like, yeah, we got to get you out of this place. Like, I bet Fort Collins is, I feel like I've heard nice things about Fort Collins. I don't don't know if I have any other, yeah. Fair enough. Anyways, so Marla's crushing it. Literally. Yeah. What has she been? What did you just call her? What? She's a switch hitter. Yeah. I said ambidextrous. Yeah. In baseball, we call that a switch hitter. So ambidextrous. Yep. You're, yeah, sure. 
I've heard it both ways. So, and she's crushing it in that way as well. She's and it's raining and... so much, she might have to be amphibious too. <laughs> yeah, that's that's that could be true. All right. And so now I get you, this moment. Now you know how I feel. No, I, I, <laughs> I just power through. I, 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 I me and Max go way back. I just learned to just keep me talking. Me and Max go way back. <laughs> so you get this moment where he, uh, he me sees her. Me and Max go way back. Y'all he don't even want to know. Right? John Lovett sees her and immediately is like, nope, those, that is not my expectations of how these players need to look. I can't sell this. We're mm-hmm. on our way out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even though... And we we know this is she proves to be a benefit for that team for sure later on. Mm. She what? leaves the team in the middle of the season to get married. She does, but she I, also did she not stay on the team and play though. No, there's this whole thing where they get married and I then saw that. she says, she "I'll leaves. see you next season." Oh, yeah. Oh, but she's talented and she's definitely a benefit to the team. Shows how much I was paying. And she makes it like this is just she's trying out to go to tryouts. She's not even trying out to be on like yeah. This is just to go to tryouts. So she makes a team. Yep. Granted, what Lovitz happens? Did pitch it as, oh, they'll pay you seventy five dollars a week. Like, and then no, they show up at training instead. Or Correct. Like tryouts, tryouts yeah. instead. So this idea of when do our expectations get in the way of what should be happening or what is right, and then how do we check that? Because if John Lovitz didn't have Kit and Dottie there to be like, you're putting her on that train because she's amazing. She wouldn't have gone, and he would have not learned anything. Kit wouldn't have gone if we could talk about that. Like for the same reason, Kit wouldn't have gone. He Correct. wanted Dottie because you know Gina Davis. But like, it is what it is. And so, how do we challenge when we have perceptions outside of that that are wrong, or expectations that are wrong? Does it require? How do we check those things? And for me, the thing that I'm learning, or at least taking from this moment, is it is super beneficial to have people that can help you check that as you're moving forward in the world. But that was the first kind of moment for me. I I worry about calling expectations wrong. And sure, those expectations certainly were were problematic. Har- problematic. Yeah, harmful. Um but I don't I don't know about that. Maybe I'm just tiptoeing and you don't need to tiptoe, but No, expectations could very well be a thing, right? I, but a, I think a, expectations a, a, are similar, neutral. Similar to feelings, right? right? It's how, it's how you place those expectations exactly. on people. It feels like that to me. Or it, do you use expectations as a way to as a barrier for people to to be a part of something or well, to belong? So when we ex- the problem is when we expect people to act or be a certain way, I think that's problematic. It goes, it like goes, <laughs> it goes back to the quote, right? right? When we expect someone to be a certain way, when we stop, exactly, it goes back to your quote, the Donald Miller quote, when you stop expecting people to be perfect, you can like them for who they are, right? We can say Marla, Marla is an exceptional hitter. She is a, what, a, a switch hitter, so she's she's very talented, right? Her ambidexterity allows her to do things that other people cannot do. Right, she's clearly advantageous in terms of baseball. But what we realize is that he's not recruiting for a baseball team; he's recruiting for more than a baseball team. Like he is he's selling a product. He is selling a product. It's capitalism. And what he's doing is he, excuse me, is he's creating a product based off of the expectations that he thinks other people have as well. Right. So he probably was told to find this specific kind of female in order to 
be able to play, mm-hmm. right? Not only do they need to be able to play, but they also need to be attractive. And what does that attractive standard mean? It means this. So like in the 40s or 40s, 50s, the this is the standard of attraction, which was pretty problematic in and of itself. So I don't know. It's just one of those things where like expectations themselves aren't necessarily bad, but they are putting people into boxes that can ostracize and leave people out and they're not inclusive yeah that doesn't just happen in the 40s that still happens in sports sports now and and others when we try to sell products right correct yes yeah it's still a problem oh it's 100 percent a problem i'm just saying it's certainly on display in this moment right now for sure well and you get a little bit of everything especially in this uh you get male gaze you get capitalism you get the patriarchy all in the Mm. line of every girl on this team is going to be a lady right you know i felt really uncomfortable during that scene yeah when when he when they trotted out the new uniform with all the girls having to wear skirts and all of them were like that's not functional yeah (laughs) and they like they all said and then like they did and i really wanted like them all to like walk out on them be like no i'm not gonna play and then nothing happened and it was just like nope we're gonna play in these anyway and i was just like but like when when we have the power and we expect people to play within that what we're doing is we're utilizing our power and privilege to hold people to a standard because like everybody's livelihood was that was there was relying on what they were doing and therefore by saying and by the way you have to do this 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 and this like <laughs> that's pretty like that's a misuse of power in my humble opinion <laughs> whatever his name is Harvey Clark no. no, no, Ira the, Lowenstein. The, the under, yeah, 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 that guy, yeah, yeah. It's his name is Ira Lowenstein. Oh, great, thank you, thank you. Glad I could help. Yeah, the Lowenstein guy. Isn't it true though that that is exactly what this movie is ask? Like, this movie is intentionally pointing all of those problems out. I would say yes. Like nothing you said is incorrect. <laughs> well, thanks. Things that I would still call problematic in general, and it, it's not in this movie. This stuff happens in in most movies, but like jokes at the expense of Marla's looks. So it's not just oh she's several of she's them. She's not. It's not just oh she's not pretty enough to play in this game. It's then the writers of the movie then making wise cracks and jokes for humor at the expense of Marla's looks, which is not the character's looks. It's the actress's looks, right? So like that's stuff that I still find problematic but that that exists in most movies that are comedies at this point like people still do that right like super bad is that that movie was written 20 years later so that stuff still happens but yeah can i tell you about the time i felt most dirty while watching this movie yeah please do like icky hell yeah so this is the what's his name the lovitz character guy uh, John Lovitz. John Lovitz. Is the actor's name. I cannot remember. Anyway, he is like dropping them off at the field, and he's saying, "I gotta go home, to my wife." Oh, uh, the tickle pickle. And he says, "I'm gonna let her tickle my pickle." I felt really uncomfortable. Fair. Because the response to that was like, 
over like there was no response there was no response to that i was like oh my god oh my we're just gonna let that go there's just thing there was, super inappropriate oh my god that's so like i was just like okay i was like okay his behavior and i think they do make him out to be the creep like that's kind of the yeah point. but they cool. also celebrate him at the end yeah like, by putting him in his the hall picture of fame. is very large in the hall of did you notice this that in the women's hall of fame section most of the bigger pictures are of men yeah i mean that's that's reality. Again, like, that's not surprising. Yeah. That's problematic. It is. Sure. Yes, it is. Thank God we have this movie to point some of these things out to us. <laughs> well, there's behavior even by that character where he goes to go to the window as Dottie and Kid are running up and barrels and puts his body on top of a female passenger. She calls him out on it. He says, yeah, I don't care. And it's continu- yeah. and continues to do what he's doing. It's bad. So, yes, that character. Max is getting A defensive. lot of problems. Um, I agree that I think they're pointing out his poor behavior. John that. Lovitz is a schmuck in this movie. I agree. His behavior is bad. That is the point of his character in this movie. Okay. Yeah. You should see Max's face, y'all. He's turning red. No, I, he's right. <laughs> There's also, and this happens. This happens in Avatar, right? Like, you can have those things existing. I feel like there needs to be a condemnation of those things in the art somewhere mm-hmm. as well, as opposed to like, this is a joke, and it then gets left there, which happens in Avatar. Truth. So, but. Max, what's a moment of expectations for you in this? Um, well, so I may have um, read into how to read uh, this this movie through a filter or through a lens differently. <laughs> That's the point. Yeah, bring bring your perspective to the table. I guess, I mean, for me, let's go like at the very beginning. In the very beginning, we get a shot of... Um, Dottie Henson as an as a older lady. She is on her way to Cooperstown to go check out this this exhibit that is being opened. Can you believe that's not Gina Davis in, in makeup? I me, thought it was Gina Davis in makeup. Me and too. For the I, life of me. I, 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 up until I looked it up this most recent time. I, I truly thought that was Gina Davis in makeup. I was blown away when I found that that wasn't true. Yeah. Okay. I agree. Um can't handle his own medicine right this is... <laughs> no i can i don't i haven't taken any medicine <laughs> go <laughs> um so she's on her way she's leaving for cooperstown and she encourages one of her grandchildren to go easy on the other grandchild the younger grandchild when they are playing i think they're playing basketball together and so i think maybe this is more foreshadowing than it is expectations but i feel like that sets up a great expectation for Kit and Dottie's sibling rivalry, sibling relationship throughout the rest of the movie. Did I do this wrong? Yeah, it's pretty wrong. No. Fair enough. <laughs> well, then, then you, Stop I, will, that. I will ask, <laughs> Stop I will that. ask the, the question back to y'all. What are some moments of expectation that y'all saw? No, let's, not, let's, dive, t- in, let's dive wanna, into that one. Yeah, this, well, this idea of the expectations of... Uh, for me, that kind of brings up this expectation of how we feel that we're supposed to behave based off of things like 
age, our relationships in our family, mm-hmm, our mm-hmm, siblings, mm-hmm. the expectations that are put on the youngest child versus the oldest mm-hmm, child. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you do see that play out throughout the entire movie. It does set up their relationship. Do you think she took it easy on Kit in the World Series? I was wondering By that. dropping the baseball? I was wondering if that was like an intentional drop or not. I'm and curious. What is your take? The I, pe- people have written dissertations on this. Like actually? Probably. What What is... <laughs> Alex, what, what do we call you on this podcast? Sunshine? Yeah, either one's fine. <laughs> uh, Did she drop the ball on purpose? I, I, I mean, the fact that I'm asking the question makes me que- like makes me wonder. But I, I think if I'm if I had to say something, I would say that she didn't intentionally drop it. What do you think? She's a phenomenal catcher. She would have protected the ball. So you think it was intentional? I think it was intentional. I also blame Rosie O'Donnell's character. She caught the ball as a cutoff when Kit was at third. And it she was, had already passed it third. Was sti- no, she was rounding third when Rosie caught the ball. So she should have been There on should the have been plenty of time for that tag to be made without a collision at the plate. She Well, there was all like the like the reason there was a collision at the plate is because the ball got to Dottie so soon. There shouldn't have been one. She just stepped aside and just made the tag. So that also makes me think that like I do not believe that Dottie dropped the ball on purpose, but I believe that when she did drop the ball and allowed Kit to score that winning run, that it helped change her mindset a little bit so that she could become the the older sibling who, or the, the grand, I guess I should say, she could become the grandparent who can see things like go easy on your little sibling later in life. I think she learned a valuable lesson from that game seven of the Rockford Peaches um, loss to racing, whatever. So as the youngest child of seven, I... The youngest of four. How about yeah, that? Yeah, I think I would hate this, like, wondering and questioning whether they lost on purpose. You know? I, I would, want to like, win the real way. I want to win the real way. And I will, and I, like, and so I, I have always been very ruthless when it comes to playing games with kids, and I don't let them win. Because I want them to win the hard way, right? You're not and gonna. I'm not bury gonna, like, them. It's correct. supposed to be I'm hard. I'm not gonna. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm not going to bury them. I'm not going to like pull out every stop to win. But I am going to like if I find that I'm starting to lose, I'm going to pay more attention. Pay, and play like harder, I'm gonna yeah. be better, right? Yeah. And so I just, I, I really like would, I worry about the health of their relationship, <laughs> in this situation because I don't know. Well, I, and not to mention. Not to say she she did right. Like so, let's assume that it. Yeah, did. yeah. But if she if she did, how dare you take that on for yourself for your own personal gain right? at the expense of your entire team's Correct. hard work? I, that's another way of thinking. I, I just like, and I don't think Dottie is that person. But so they appara- make it. Apparently, they make it, you do. Well, yes, I kind of <laughs> do. I don't think she's the person who she didn't think of that while making that decision. Um, I think she's a good enough catcher for that to have not happened. I mean, they show like there was a moment earlier in the movie where she did get collide. She saw, there was a collision and she held and she, on to the and ball. She held on. Yeah, they showed that intentionally. I also found it really interesting because it came out of her bare hand when she caught it in her glove. Right. Correct. Which I feel like is not a transition. Why that would happens. you ever do that? Yeah, you would protect it in your glove. You like how I noticed that, Max. That was well done. Yeah. So the mystery is still afoot. No, she did it on purpose. Patrons. There's no mystery. 
What do, do you, you think? think? Tweet at BNB underscore pod and Max Gongware. I think Penny Marshall, the director of this movie, did not think, like she did not, Dottie did not drop the ball on purpose. And I don't think, I don't, I wonder if Penny Marshall even knew that this would be debated 30 years later. Maybe not. I think she probably said that like, yeah, maybe she didn't even make, she said no, she won fair and square. She won, the ball came out. That's how it happened. It was really close, right? Like that's how it went down. Everyone else for sure is kind of going, hmm, the greatest catcher that played the game, dropping the ball like that when she had plenty of time to protect it. Yeah. Yeah. Makes you think. It does make me think. Well, is it my turn again to come up with an expectation? I hope so. Can we talk about Shirley Baker? Yes. God, I love this moment. This is like really, this is the most touching moment. I'm tearing up now like, thinking it's just, about like, it's, it. It's really beautiful. I love this moment. So for those of you who didn't get a chance to watch, there's a moment where uh, a woman named Tr- Shirley Baker is, they have posted this the the cuts for the baseball teams and uh, everybody goes up to see where they are on the teams. And there's this uh, lady who is up there and she is staring at all the lists and is getting emotional. And the coach dude uh, is yelling at her saying, if you're cut, you're cut, you're the worst, get out. And it wasn't quite that bad, but it sounded that bad. And I'm sure to hurt felt that bad. <laughs> yeah. Like in that moment, it probably did. Um, because what we find out is that like she starts to tear up and get emotional even further, and thankfully, uh, what's her name comes up to her and and realizes Betty, and asks, right? uh, "Can you read this?" And she says no, and it, fi- it turns out she can't read, and so it she... was not Betty Spaghetti. No, it was what's her name. Um, I'll the, find it. The May was it May? It was not May. Um, anyway, anyway, give me a second. Moral of the story is. The, everyone expected that she could read, and therefore they treated her poorly, assuming that when you can, <laughs> that people can read. And especially back in the 40s, but also today, there are a lot of people who still can't read at, at their adult ages. And so when we assume that people can read, what we're doing is we're assuming a lot. We are putting a lot on people. And so ass- assuming assumptions are just a really not great form of an expectation, right? Uh, there's the um, cliche where when you assume you make an ass out of both you and me, mm-hmm. right? And it was first baseman Helen Haley. That's not who I thought. Anyway, moral of the story, it was really touching. And I think that it just really humbles me. And just to, like when somebody is getting emotional, don't assume why they're getting emotional. It's better to ask questions, ask open-ended questions. It's better to comfort rather than criticize. There's just a lot there. What are y'all's thoughts on this? She just goes that extra mile to be accommodating. Um, that moment of her asking that question just shows a world of um, openness, this ability to, to say, I, I want you to be a part of this. How can I, how can I do this for you? Cause we don't, we don't, we don't, that was, it's like a very, uh, ableist mentality of just assuming yeah. everything that we're doing. And, and so asking that question of, how does this affect the most marginalized community that could be participating in this and thinking through those things prior to that is, is, is important. You know, and I, and I worry 
that had this been a movie about men, that that scene would have been very different in a not great way. Because especially back in the 40s, right, the the masculine narrative was and is still not great, but it was it was worse <laughs> back then. So I just I worry that that would have been not a great heartfelt scene like it was in this one. Yeah, I think sports are a very just like a a a, a section of America that can be very um, fascinating in the sense that like yes, there are some very poisonous elements of sports and the stereotypes of a jock and the fragile masculinity and all of that. But we've also seen time and time again, the sporting world uh, is a place that has been ahead of its time in terms of inclusivity and being welcoming. You know, you think of Jackie Robinson debuted with the Los Angeles Dodgers in 1947, 18 years before the civil rights, I guess 17 years before the civil rights act. Yeah. So like, it's really, really fascinating to think of sports as, Yes, there are certainly some poisonous elements of, of who plays sports and the people that are attracted to sports and, and the the what competition can create in people that mm. is really nasty. But I think <clears throat> sports is also really, has been a really good vehicle for um, some really positive stories of inclusivity and being welcoming as well and the reality for that is just like fandoms have toxic sides or non-toxic sides sports have toxic sides <laughs> avatar and not sides. excluded right no everything right and yeah. the reason is because humans are participating in this yes um and humans have toxic sides and non-toxic sides mm. and so there's no way in each of these little microcosms of, of fandoms or sports there's no way for us to say that oh this this thing is perfect nothing is you know because there are people participating in it that are that are going to mess up yeah yeah but i but i love this moment i agree i agree what are you like just and then to juxtapose that moment against uh all the way may played by madonna teaching shirley how to read in the bus and the the source material I love that moment. Yeah, I think that's great. Like, I think again, I, I think that that's an inclusive moment. I think that that's that's not the expectation. That's not how we teach people to read. Right. But she said it's engaging. She's enjoying it. Yep. She's reading. Yep. She's a grown woman. Like, let her read this <laughs> exactly this romance fantasy. Like, why not? I th- I mean I, I love that moment too, and I think it's just a really fun way for them to for Penny Marshall and, and the writers of this movie to show like, you know, this isn't just all about baseball. This is about, you know, bonding as a team and teaching each other new skills and, and uh, teaching them in the way that you know how to teach them. And for all the way may, that was the way that she knew how to teach Shirley Baker, how to read. And let's talk about may Mortabito, shall we? Yes. Um, talk about someone who is saying you have these expectations of me. I'm, I'm going to do what I want. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate that about her throughout the course of this this film. Um, you shouldn't poison people. Shouldn't do that. Not something we should look at fondly of, of May's behavior. Right. But Does she poison someone? She poisons the team mom so that they can go sneak out. Oh, I missed that. Makes her very sick. In 40 years of sick. practicing medicine, I have never seen so many vomit as much as this woman. Yeah, very sick. Cool, 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 cool. 
But this idea of you can tell me how to behave and I'm going to behave in what feels authentic to me in the way that I want to. That doesn't give us carte blanche on the like being able to not hurt people, right? Like you still shouldn't do anything. But if we're in an oppressive system, correct. then doing those things is a radical act of self-love. Correct. Right? Yeah. And loving just every everything that is oppressed. And so I just think that's huge. So I, I agree. I think that's massive. I think that's is big, 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 big. So big fan of May. And I think like her performance, Madonna's performance in this was, everyone was pretty stellar. Yeah. But Madonna did a great job. Rosie O'Donnell did a great job. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. People was played this, their parts well. Was this Madonna like at her height too? Like this was I feel like a Vita. This would have been, right? Like Madonna was huge in the in the eighties, so she was definitely a household name by this point. I don't know if she was a household name as an actress by this point. Um, because Evita was like ninety six. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. Another nailed it. Avita was ninety six. Well done. Any other moments of expectation in this? Because if not, I have one more. Go ahead, Ben. Okay, so here is the deal. Uh, so I'm really interested in. There's this moment where the, clearly there are no black women on the teams, right? And but there's this moment where I was hoping we would talk about this moment. Why didn't you lift it up? Anyway, don't shame him. Let's go. There's this moment where um, there are a few black women who are on the side of the field who there a ball gets over by them. She picks it up and the closest person with the glove is like, hey, throw it to me. And she's like, nope. <laughs> she throws all the way to, I think, Gina Davis. Right. Mm -hmm. yes. and, and, and there was just this there was this look of I, I get it. There was this empathy between those two women that was really just like oh i i get it and i just thought that was a really poignant moment i wondered what y'all thought of that moment yeah well i mean that's kind of where i was going with the jackie robinson thing earlier i mean this was what 1944 so we're thinking th three years later the first black player enters the uh the major league baseball so i i think this is just penny marshall like giving an homage to hey sport can be the the, the vehicle to to make change happen more swiftly, more quickly. Yeah, I love that moment as well. I also want to highlight that at, at a certain point, because I feel like it's happening a lot, I think it's happening a lot during neoliberal, like this idea of neoliberalism now, mm -hmm. that I get it isn't enough anymore. Yeah. Right? Like this, I like, I get it. I understand your plight. Yep. Back to baseball, right? Like that, yep. like, so... That's, and what so it, like, that's what it was. And which... and. For the time, that could have been the extent of what they had the power to do. Sure. Um, but maybe not. But uh, yeah. but now it's not, right? Like, now it's a, I understand, now what are we doing to dismantle it? Correct. Yeah. And I think that's worth highlighting. No, I think that's really worth hi highlighting. Because if the expectation is that we just have empathy and it's not like, well, I, there's nothing I can do, and that's the expectation... Or then we're not going to have any change. We have to expect it to be hard, right, Max? It's supposed to be hard. The hard is what makes it great. So if we expect if that, it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. We are more likely to keep going and persevering. And I think that when we expect it to be like, well, there's nothing I can do, mm -hmm. and that's the story you're telling yourself, right? Then you're not going to do anything. Yep. Right. But I just I thought that was just a really beautiful moment that 
had something to offer in terms of our conversation around expectation. Yes. Others. The the other one that was it's a smaller moment for me, but just this idea of the of the teams changing their styles of play to be more entertaining. And so the question that I lifted up with that is, what do other people's expectations of us? How does that change our behavior, and should it? Um, and I don't know if there's an answer to that question, but it's, it's something they, that it's, they became it's wildly that, more successful. They because did of that, right? Yeah, but I, and I don't know if that's the lesson. I don't know if the lesson <laughs> is when someone says that they expect you to act differently, you should a hundred percent like fall to that whim. Yeah. Um, but it is it was something that popped up for me, and of just like how do we how do we respond to that? How do we navigate whether or not the expectation? Because sometimes it's right. I expect you to to do these things, right? I expect you to not yell at children if you are supervising them. Yes. Your behavior better change because if it doesn't, you're not going to be working with children anymore, hopefully. So how do we navigate those things where it's, all right, is this a change that I need to make or is this one that I don't need to make? And I think that that's just one of those things that – that's think, your own personal self-awareness, I think and you have is. to make that call for yourself. I think it's a question rooted in values, right? So if you're working for an organization that is expecting you to do things that are outside of your values, then you are caught between the choice of, do I choose to go against my values for the sake of maintaining this job, or do I stay rooted in my values? Well, here's a perfect example in this movie. Perfect example in this movie is this idea of if we don't, and the league goes under, I don't eat. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And I think we see people now certainly well, and, and work May for organizations. Says, I'm not going home. I'm not going home to work for 10 cents to give people lap dances, right? right I'm like, not doing that anymore. And I think that like that's that's exactly what's going on. They're in a position where they're they're working, they're enjoying their life, they're thriving, and to be forced to give that up for the sake of not wearing address or not being but then it's like she she revolts subtly but like it's one of those things where it's just it's an interesting dichotomy like how do you make that choice and here's the deal like it's one of the things it's the same question around like the uh shutdown of like uh, all sporting events that happened like if all the nba players quit there will be no nba and they will not force anyone to do anything but if only a few quit they're going to keep playing in the nba and it's one of those things where, like, there's a tipping point. And so unless you're aiding the, the side of the scale that you want to, you are, you, are, you are aiding the side of the scale that you're on. <laughs> Correct. Right? And so it's tough. It's really hard. It's a, and, like, there's so much nuance and there's so many different criteria that make that decision difficult. And so if this is the only means of you making money and, like, then – who well, can that's why it's that, like how right? do i how do i get mad at and, and i do this i do it all the time not all the time but when it happens this idea of uh paying off student loans right and talking to someone who's working out there because i'm like hey y'all y'all increased my interest level pretty greatly which is a huge detriment to me and now i can't make these payments anymore and the person who's working the phone is like yeah and i'm like i know it's not the person who's working's fault and, and. I don't, and I don't know their life, but they are actively participating in an, in a in a system that is meant it is built yes to steal money from the poor yes right and so at that point but again I don't know that person on the other side of the phone are they in a place where they desperately need money to be able to feed themselves and family and that's the job that's available to them yeah 
but it, so it's it just becomes this place of where's the line and who who gets to make that decision and it's it's you you as the individual gets to make that decision but can we create systems that don't force people into yeah. making those decisions yeah that would be great um i'm here for that i'm here for it max any other moments i think it's worth talking about just uh jimmy dugan's that's the tom hanks character we have to talk about dugan his his points. expectations of himself in the role as manager of the Rockford Beaches, we see that um, yeah. him grow quite a bit. I feel like. What do you think caused that? That growth. I think uh, he starts to respect these women as yeah. ball, as I mean as ball players as he as he would put it. These aren't ball players. I mean, we go we see him go from these aren't ball players to. Uh, calling Dottie Henson one of the, like the best ball player in the league, or like, oh man, and he doesn't handle this situation perfectly. But the telegram moment, like where he—that was a running scene of expectation. Yeah, and <laughs> and it's one of just—it's devastating. He sees the human. He like he sees them as humans at this point. Yeah, um, he should have seen it earlier, but he sees it now. It's because he had and the conversation like with Dottie, over them, right? Right, like he realizes that they're people. Yeah. Well, I. Obviously, the the no crying in baseball scene is iconic because he's being very, very mean in that moment. But I also think it, it is a, a pivoting moment of, of his expectations for these players. Mm. He goes from, oh, I don't expect these players to know what the heck they're doing out there, to... Oh, you threw the, you skipped the cutout cutoff man and threw the ball all the way home to allow the tying run to get on the second base. You're a, if you were a ball player, which is my now my expectation of you, you wouldn't have made that error. And he starts yelling at this player for messing something up that a ball player should have known to do. And I think that's really important because feedback is a function of respect. The fact that he yes. was giving them no feedback. Means, hold hold on. No, hold I hear on. you. Like the fact that he was giving them no feedback was very telling there's no respect there the fact that he delivers this very poorly albeit like he still gives them feedback right which is it's that that's the sign of a change he needs coaching on how to give feedback <laughs> clearly but yeah. like well there's still people that need coaching on how to give feedback. oh i need people coaching still, on I still there are, need there are still <laughs> supervisors out there that have their there's no crying in the service industry yeah uh, like, like oh, moments yeah. right but yeah, I just, I feel like that is a, yes, being able to give someone feedback. I think that the, like, the most generous assumption you can make when someone's criticizing you is that there is at least a little bit of respect there in terms of feedback, right? And so what that means is there's, there's, a, there's a jumping off point, and this is a turning point, a pivot, if you will, because it goes from him being like, nah, I'm going to go walk in this room drunk and pee in front of all these women to the end where he's like, nope, I didn't want to go to AAA. I wanted to stay here. That's a huge shift, right? Um, and granted, like, again, there's a lot, there's a lot of problems, but like, there's a, that's a lot of change in expectation. And look at what that change in expectation allows us to do. Imagine if he had come in expecting them to be talented. What and how, how much better could they have been? What would it have been like? Penny Marshall was meant to helm this movie, I think, because had any other director at the time, male director at the time, 
it would have been a male savior movie. Oh, Jimmy absolutely. Jimmy comes in, sees the wrong, like the wrongs, uh, the errors in his ways, and he saves the league, right? Like, yeah, I didn't feel that at all. Love no, that. like, and so, but how common is that in? Oh yeah, in not just th- this movie, which I don't even know if you can classify this as a genre. This 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 type of movie doesn't exist. Like, it passes the Beckett. Could you test. say that it's in a league of its own? Oh, I think you could. Wow, but um, don't. Sh- but there's so many there's so many people out there when they tell these stories it turns into a white savior movie or a male savior movie mm-hmm. or in some cases a both movie right like these and which isn't the point and so I'm glad Penny Marshall was the one that helmed it. I also want to talk about Stillwell. Who? This was the child. You're gonna okay. lose. Yeah. Okay. Just don't hit kids. Don't throw gloves at kids. How do you feel about? him running to the front of the bus and covering the eyes of the driver. Oh, I don't feel good about that either. <laughs> Tell you what, if I were the driver, there would have been some things that went down. Okay, yes, don't throw gloves at kids, but that's one of my favorite moments in the movie is when he it's, it's right before game 7. It's right before game 7 of the World Series and this kid is going, "You're gonna lose." And just under his breath, Tom Hanks, Jimmy Dugan is just like, "We're gonna win." <laughs> We're gonna win. <laughs> After he hits the kid and then, in the face. No, he said this is he says we're gonna win, we're gonna win before he throws the glove at the kid. Then he throws the glove at the kid and laughs. Then he yells it. And that's the moment he becomes Woody. <laughs> oh. I swear to God, he is doing a that like that laugh is the same laugh we hear Woody deliver a hundred times in the Toy Stories. Huh. There you go. It's all. I didn't know that was the same person. You know they're doing a so the new movie that's coming out by is uh, that was a a Buzz Lightyear movie. Ooh, but it's not about the toy. It's about the astronaut that inspired the toy. Ooh, I think they should have done that with Woody though. I think that would have been like a movie about Sam Elliott, like washed up cowboy. I that that's one of my favorite parts of the movie is that we're gonna win. (laughs) We're gonna win. That's an expectation, right? Yeah. Expect, expecting to win yeah and like giving a crap you know how do you feel about superstitions in baseball because so many of them I, well there was the one in this movie that i felt was like an interesting expectation like oh well if i change my socks we're gonna lose but they smelled really bad yeah, that's, a, that's a sports thing yeah but i think the, baseball is the most superstitious a, sport though. it's not a tennis mm-hmm. thing and i played tennis so <laughs> i think baseball is the most superstitious sport i, I mean I like. I, I think find, I'm just a little stitious. I find superstitions charming. I agree. I, I like. I love the whimsy of a superstition and the charm of a superstition. I don't know if I believe in them, but like when I played baseball as a kid, you better believe I was jumping over the chalk line to make sure I didn't like just touch it. Have bad luck, not because Ra- I truly believed. Rally like, caps. Rally cap. Like no, but I was like, oh, this is part of being on a team. It's like you do everything you can. And if that's if if some of my teammates believe that turning my cap inside out and backwards is going to help us win, or jumping over the chalk line and ne- is going to help us win, or uh, you know whatever w- wagging my bat in a particular way is going to help us win, the like rosin bag, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think I, I I view superstitions like that similar to the way I view traditions, which is you just have to question them to make sure they're living into their purpose and that they're. They're not doing more harm than good so by you existing. you would change your socks? I, I changed my socks. Yeah. 
that's I didn't fall into that. That's a health thing. This is going to regionalize us a little bit, but there is a legendary play-by-play man uh, who, for the University of North Carolina Tar Heels, named Woody Durham, who passed away. But one of his go-to lines uh, when the game was getting tight toward the end was he would he would talk directly to the Carolina fans for a moment, and he would tell them, "Go where you go and do what you do," as a way to like. Hey, Trigger we, the we all know that you have your little weirdsies that you do to help this team win. Like now's the time to do it. This is this is your moment, and, and I think there's so much. That's super this charming. Is the yeah. yeah, that's a... all right. Do, uh, anything else? Are we going to jump into? Uh... I think it's time. We're going to jump into uh, take a little break and then come back with the devotion and uh, gratitude. That's right. All right, we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Unless Max, you got anything else to add? Uh, not at this time. Fantastic. We'll be right back. we're coming on back we're going to jump into our devotion because it's devotion time i love that um and we're going to talk about through the lens or through the element of earth earth but we're going to talk about the lens of expectations earth so who wants to go earth so when i think of earth or i think when we talk about earth we're talking about people who are like connected to logic and are well organized and and that type of thing yeah, somebody who very needs, analytic. Yes, analytic. I love that word. Especially uh, in a baseball. Well, if you let me finish my thought. Reminds me of Moneyball. Thank you. Um, so one of the other initial, initial moments where we see Jimmy Dugan give a crap about the team's success is when um, Kit, or sorry, Dottie, is working, is basically the acting manager for the team. Mm. And mm-hmm. I believe it's uh, May... Morabito, who has like a leadoff triple or something in the game or in an inning. And then Marla Hooch is the next batter up. And uh, Dottie is calling for a bunt to get a, a squeeze play in to let May score. Uh, but Marla Hooch is the hitter. So Dottie wants Marla to bunt to drive May home. And then Jimmy immediately says, what are you doing bunting with our best hitter? We want a big inning here. Let's let... Uh, Let's let Marla hit away. And we go through this whole thing of them. Very know, fun scene. It's a fun scene. Of, it's a classic of, scene. They call so time out. We go, yes, and they, like we go this whole thing where they're competing with each other. Uh, but I am grateful for that moment. I know we're sharing gratitude later. But I think that is a moment of analytics and of Jimmy um, finally giving a crap. But then also as a baseball fan myself who believes in hashtag never bunt. Never bunt. Uh, I'm grateful. I'm very glad that that moment exists because guess what? They took the bunt off. Jimmy Dugan was uh, able to ask Marla to swing away, and she ends up doubling to the right center field gap and sets themselves up for a big inning instead of, okay, they scored one run, but who cares? You know. I totally thought Dottie like, won that, and then he gave over to what she was saying. No. She hits away. They went with Jimmy Dugan. Well, I remember her hitting it away. I just didn't know what they were signaling. I don't know what those signals mean. Well, That's Jimmy kind of says, point. why are you asking her to bunt in this situation? She should be hitting away. She's our best hitter. And then... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Huh! Never bunt. Sports. I think for me, the conversation earlier about being grounded and, and making sure that we're, we're acting and not just empathizing uh, was one that really hit home with me as we were talking about it. And so 
Um, that's mine. That's mine for not just this week, but is is to is to for this month for for honestly Patreon. for as, as I can continue to as long as I can continue to do it. But is is starting to find action and to take action, um, and let that let that be um, something that grounds me. I think sometimes that's doing tangible action is important uh, as opposed to big abstract ideas and things that don't get accomplished. And so that's what, that's my goal. That's my devotion this week. Mine has nothing to do with earth in baseball. Mine has to do with my little indoor garden that I've been starting. So I've been starting a little indoor garden. Um, and I, I thought been, we were supposed to avoid indoor activities. It has basil and it's in his own house. scallions and Thai basil and yeah, like lots of cool stuff. Anyway, I thought sorry, I got confused between scallions and scallops for a second. No, I'm not growing <laughs> this. Yeah, you're not growing scallops. Uh, but Which are different than scalloped potatoes. I've learned recently. Uh huh. <laughs> and so, what I really like about the indoor garden scallions is, go pretty well with a scalloped potato. Max gets mad I and you true. stop talking and then I stop talking because he gets mad. But when I get mad, y'all are like, no, let's just keep going. This is cool. Yeah. What's your point? It's becoming a running gag. I know. Why couldn't it be Max? It's tradition. I don't like this tradition. <laughs> uh, so I don't even like indoor garden, right? <laughs> like it's like it's growing it's growing slowly. I have been like wondering why it doesn't grow as fast Is it a savage as garden? the outdoor garden. And I, I just... I hope it doesn't crash and burn. My expectations around the garden were that it would grow faster. And I, I realized... It's supposed to be hard. I realize that my expectations are not tracking for the difference between this light not being, you know, the sun. And it's also not tracking for the difference in temperature. Like it's like when they were outside during the summer, it was 80, 90 degrees, if not hotter. And in my house, it's 65 or, or colder. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I think that I've been like having expectations, but not like questioning them and so that kind of made me start to question my expectations and so now like even with these things i think like i just when i look at the world around me i just assume and make decisions based off what i see and foundationally those things are are not what i see my i literally lie to myself all the time when i tell myself stories and i need to start questioning those more often i have got to uh, put both feet on the ground rather than like soar above and like assume and expect things. So my, my goal is how do I ground myself by asking like, is, is this how it's supposed to be? And then like, why is it not happening the way I'm expecting? And so just questioning my expectations more often is my goal. Yeah. I love that. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. We ready for gratitude. That's my favorite. Also, Ben, can you get from garden to sports in one move? Can you connect those things in any way, shape, or form? Gardening is a sport. Oh, There you go. You heard it here first. I was thinking more of like maybe in another type of location where sports is take Is a baseball groundskeeper? Madison Square Gardens. There we go. Look at that. Was a baseball groundskeeper a gardener? Yeah. Yes. There you go. Are they a botanist? I don't think that's true. Squares and rectangles, man. Squares and rectangles. 
I've got an uncle who's a master gardener. Who are you grateful for, Max? My uncle Al San Filippo. Great. All right, Sunshine. No, who are you not, grateful well, for? Well, I mean, I'm grateful for him. I'm Gratitude. Gonna... Who's the character? Mine is Alice. Who's she? She is the backup catcher when Dottie Henson oh, yeah. skips the first six games of the World Series. Who lets Dottie come back for Game Seven? Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, Dot, Jimmy Dugan's like, I mean, who even said I'm going to let you play? And then Dottie's like, well, if you don't want me to play, I won't play. He was like, well, I mean, you're dressed. But I'm grateful for Alice because clearly she kept the rock. You lose your best player going into the World Series, and Alice must have stepped up and played pretty darn well. In fact... To get to Game 7. and the, Which they lost. Yeah. Was, maybe, maybe was she Dottie won. Henson the reason that the Rockford... I mean, obviously, I mean, literally she was because she dropped the ball. Though it was a tie game Although at that Although if point. she were there for the first six, would they have won some of the other ones they lost? I mean, yeah, probably. But then, you know... Probably when have gone to Game 7. It's, they like, won, it's, won like, five. it's like when... Uh, again, we're going to regionalize ourselves a little bit here. But when... Freshman year, Sean May came back from injury. Scoheels. He missed most of the season, and he came back from injury. And then, like he he was a great player, but like because they had learned to play without him, you could argue that they didn't play very well with him once he came back. You know? Yeah, so I do know. Maybe the Rockford Peaches didn't play as well as they could have while they adjusted to having Dottie Henson back in the lineup. It's fair. Fair. So I'm grateful for Alice. I love that. I'm going to be grateful for May. I lo- I just love the way that she subverted expectations throughout the... She didn't let people control her, and I think that that was something that... Stuck it to the man. Yeah. Really enjoyed that. I'm grateful for the moment after um, Jimmy Dugan... You only Dugan, get one. Right after Jimmy Dugan gets uh, ejected from that game, um, where Rosie O'Donnell's like, all right, I'm in charge now. There we go. <laughs> Let's go. Let's move it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, you stole mine, so... That wasn't yours. No. I'm grateful for Kit. Uh, Kit is Have you ever... Great. Sorry. This is actually relevant to you. Um, <laughs> He's not doing this on purpose. It's not possible to get have through, you, to get have through you ever, my starting sentence. This is happening, and it's have fun you for ever, me. Have you ever been upset to see Lori... Yes, I to, have been upset. To see Lori Petty in a thing? I don't know who that is. She plays Kit. I recognized her, but I didn't know where Tank from. Tank Girl? What else are we talking? Orange is the New Black. Oh, I've seen that. I thought Lori Petty was great in that. Who is she in that? I what can't remember What season did she show up in Orange is the New Black? She's in a few seasons. She is like... Uh, she is in Point uh, Point Break, which is yeah. never saw that. top notch. Never saw that. It's not, it's not top notch, but it's good. So it's like not top it's a, notch. It's an action sports movie with Patrick Swayze. Oh, and yeah. No, that's not my thing. Keanu Reeves. So Keanu Reeves, but it's it's. You ever seen Point Break good. live and on off Broadway? No, but when this whole pandemic thing ends, you better bet your rear that I'll be there. I've seen Point Break live when they when I when I was an intern with Major League Baseball. Um, they had a member of the Los Angeles Dodgers play the Keanu Reeves role in Point Break live. That's the point of Point Break Live. Is I they wanted just, to go when we went and visited. They have a random audience member play the Keanu Reeves role, and they just have to feed him or her their lines. Um, Lori Petty, I'm just all like I'm never upset to see her in things, and I don't think she's in a ton of things, but she seems to do a good job in whatever she's up to. But why are you grateful for Kit, Ben? Great, happy to talk now. So Kit, uh, Kit, to put it simply, dared greatly. And so you talked about the moment in the beginning where she's swung and a miss 
like the high fastball is her downfall. I like the high ones. And it was like it was hard and she failed at it and it was not good and she was upset then. And then like she went out there in game seven of the World Series. Dottie was like high fastball. <laughs> like and of course she missed the first two. And like this is one of those that that moment is like huge because we've seen her miss that before. And the fact that it, the fact that she nailed it is just huge. She went out there, she did it, she succeeded, and that's just a reminder for us to to try things again when we have failed. And that modeling is just, it's beautiful. And I think that just, regardless of whether Gina threw it or not, like that was a beautiful shot. Yes, and I think it also like I think that's a character who we had seen practice self doubt repeatedly throughout the movie. In the opening scene, you know, Dottie told her, lay off the high ones. I like the high ones. She swings and misses at the first two and then experiences self-doubt and lays off of the pitch that was right down the middle. Yep. Right? But then in this moment, at the end, she gets the three consecutive high fastballs and she doesn't lose her confidence on that third one. And clearly, I mean, the confidence she had to swing and hit that ball, but then the confidence she had to just keep running until she, like she had no business trying no, to score on that play. Absolutely should have stopped. Yeah. So, but yeah. I'm grateful because daring greatly is hard because we get scared and she, she did it anyway. And that takes courage. It does. Well, we're, this is it y'all. We're at the end. This is the end. End of the road. It's the end of the road. Okay, goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> like, Thank y'all so much for listening to a, another episode of Bending Not Breaking, a Patreon exclusive Max's Choice. We've got more of them coming your way. Thank y'all for supporting. I'm Sunshine. This is Ben. And this has been Max Gongaware. Take us out the full way. It's your show. Take us out the yeah, Thank, finish what do it I off. Thank you for listening. Yeah, that's all you. Okay, so why did you keep talking after I just said thank you for listening? Because you asked it as a question. We'll try it again. This is Sunshine. Ben. And this is Max Gongaware. Thank you for listening. Thank you.